second epistle of John. Okay, verse 1 says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever, grace be with you, mercy and peace, from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. For this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, Neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Okay, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for this opportunity to preach. Thank you for these that have come. Lord, you know what we need tonight, and I pray we'll be challenged by the Word of God and, and uh, that uh, we'll be obedient to it. Bless and have your way in the service in Christ's name. Amen. I want to talk to you about losing your reward. Salvation is not a reward. Salvation is a gift. According to Ephesians 2 and verse 8, uh, it is the gift of God. And salvation cannot, uh, is not earned and therefore cannot be lost, but rewards are earned and can be lost. And, of course, rewards are given in response to works and will be given at the second coming of Christ. Matthew 16, 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. Revelation 22, 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. In Ruth 2, verse 12, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come <clears throat> to trust. So the Bible talks about a full reward, talks about losing your reward, then it talks about receiving a full reward. And we see that in verse 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. And uh, 1 Corinthians 3.15 talks about suffering loss. How does one lose their reward? First of all, by not crucifying the flesh. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about the judgment seat of Christ. That's page 1214, and uh, the uh, possibilities of receiving a reward are 
losing rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. And in verse number 16, uh, well, verse 14, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Verse uh, 15, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So the person is not lost, but the reward is lost. Then in verse 16, Know you not that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, page 1219, it gives an example here, an illustration. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Uses the illustration of a, of, a, of a runner and the illustration of a boxer and the conditioning that is required to be successful. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway, or that God would, uh, uh, you know, not accept my service for him, and I would not be effective for him. Uh, so a loss of reward, of course, would be the result. Romans seven eighteen says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. You know, when God saves us, he saves our soul, but he doesn't save the body. The body has to be disciplined and brought under subjection. If you do what your flesh wants to do, you won't come to church on Sunday night. And uh, uh, you won't come to church anytime, really, as far as that goes, if you listen to the flesh. The flesh has to be disciplined. It has to be brought into subjection. And if we don't do that, then what happens? We lose that reward. Or we don't receive a full reward. Second of all, there's another way in, uh, that a person can lose rewards, and that is by not being faithful. You know, there's one thing the Bible stresses, and that's faithfulness. God will judge faithfulness far more when, than he will ability. Uh, it, is, it is faithfulness in performing what God's called us to do. In Revelation 2.10, Be thy faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. How, how, how long are we to be faithful? Till we die, as long as we're breathing God's air and living on God's earth and eating God's food and, and, and uh, living the life that God gives us, enjoying his life, we're to be faithful. Be thy faithful unto death. In James 1, verse number 12, Blessed is he that endureth temptation, he says, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to those that love him. And uh, so God tells us to be faithful throughout the scripture. In Matthew 25, verse 21, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And uh, certainly that ought to be our desire, that, uh, that we would be faithful. God honors faithfulness. Not, you know, a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, disappointments at the judgment seat of Christ and, and uh, people that thought they was going to get a big reward is not going to get a whole lot. And those maybe that we're unknown in this world, we'll receive a greater reward. But uh, you find faithfulness there. Uh, and of course in Luke 19, you have a counterpart 
there where each one is given a pound and one gains 10 pounds, the other gains five pounds, and they receive different rewards because they, they, they do more. They start off with the same thing. In Matthew 25, in the parable, one receives five talents, the other two talents, and they double their, their uh, uh, accomplishment there, and they get the same reward. Even though one don't accomplish as much as the other, they don't have as, have as much to start with. So uh, it's how we use what God has given us. Uh, you lose your reward by not crucifying the flesh. You can lose your reward by not being faithful. You can lose your reward by not winning souls. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20, For what is their hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. You know, the grace or reward of all will be uh, to, to see others in heaven that, that you told about Jesus. And uh, you, may might, you may not be the one that prays with them. You may not be the one that baptizes them. But you may be the one that gives them a track. And uh, I believe you'll share in that reward. Some, you know, that's a wonderful thing about giving out tracks. You never know sometimes uh, what good's accomplished by it. Uh, like the Gideon Bibles, you know. You, there's some good reports come about what God does and what's accomplished through those Bibles, but there's probably a lot that nobody ever knows about uh, that is accomplished. And so when you give the Word of God out, where it's a track, a Bible, or a personal witness, or whatever, the Lord takes note of that, and the Lord's going to reward it. And so you can lose the reward by not winning souls. And uh, the greatest loss would be not seeing your loved one in heaven. And realizing that if you'd, if you'd talked to them, if you'd have prayed for them, if you'd have witnessed to them, they, they would have been saved. I've had people saved and, they, and have told me. I, I'd gotten saved a long time ago, you know, if someone had told me about it. No one ever told me. No one ever invited me to church. No one ever witnessed to me. Uh, but uh, certainly we, we ought to do that. Uh, we, we can win souls to Christ and uh, be rewarded for it. Losing your reward by not winning souls. The fourth thing you can lose reward is by not keeping the commandments. And uh, in uh, verse, or, or Psalm 19, verse 11, Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. He talks about the commandment here of love in, in our text in verse Five and six, now I beseech thee, lady. By the way, this little book is addressed to the elect lady. And uh, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So we should obey the commandments of God. And it's gonna be rewarded. I'm, I'm not living right to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. But I'm living right to have a reward when I get there. Uh, to have something when we get there. You know, if we, if we invest all of our money and all of our talents and all of our energy in things of this life that's going to pass away, it's going to be burned up, what have we accomplished really? Uh, you know, we may have accomplished something in this life, but what benefits it going to do us a thousand years from now? What's going to really count is the investment we, we made in eternal things. And so we invest our life in the cause of Christ and giving out the word of God. And then number five, 
by not doing all to the glory of God. What motivates us? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You know, we can be faithful and never miss a church service and I believe we ought to be faithful. I believe a person ought to be ought to be in church every time every time you have church. That's been my philosophy for uh, for all these years, and and I believe it's been been a good philosophy. But you know we can we can we can be faithful and yet not have the right motivation, and not doing all to the glory of God, doing it just for other reasons other than God's glory and God's honor. That's page 1001 in Matthew 6. Listen to what the Lord says, verse 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have your reward. Uh, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So he says when you give, when the offering plate comes by, you know, don't give to be seen of men. The, the Pharisees and the religious crowd of that day, they, they made a big deal of it. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm giving. Listen to my prayer. And they did it to, to be seen of men. You know, I heard about one fellow when the offering plate was passed, you know, he'd, he'd get his offering out and he'd kind of, you know, shake it back and forth and hold, hang, hold it up where everybody could see it. And then when the offering plate went by, he dropped it in the offering plate. Listen, he, he got his reward. That's what he gave for to be seen of men. And he got it and that's the end of it. Listen to what the Lord says. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. In other words, don't do it to be seen of men. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Then he says, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. They may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And of course, most of our closets you couldn't get in. He's not talking about a literal closet. He's talking about private. When thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. Thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. <clears throat> for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And he goes on and gives us what's commonly called the Lord's Prayer. It's really the model prayer. The Lord teaching the disciples how to pray. And didn't tell us just to repeat the same prayer over and over. Uh, but uh, don't use vain repetitions. Let it be from the heart. And, and uh, real praying. It's kind of like John Rice said he called on this fellow to pray and said he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he quoted his scripture and gave the reference so the Lord could look it up and check it and, and uh, said he, he went to him after the service said, who were you praying to? Said, I was praying to the people. Said, at least he was honest. <laughs> and uh, uh, he said, I thought you were supposed to be talking to the Lord when you prayed. But uh, don't, be as, don't be as the hypocrites. And the Lord says, when you pray, Pray from your heart and pray like you was talking to God. I like to hear someone pray when, when you, you know, when they, when they pray, they, they actually uh, are, are talking to God or, and, and they present it that way. And that's the way it ought to be.
We ought to be, we ought to, when we pray, we, we're talking to God and we're, we're approaching God. He used the model of prayer and said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and so forth. Uh, you know, we're not praying to men, not praying to be seen of men. We're praying to the Lord. So we do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether the, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever we do, do it for God's glory. That's what the Bible teaches. And, and if we have the right motive, we'll get a reward. You know, I, I'd, I'd hate to think that I'd preached these years and prepared and studied and, and did it all for, for self-gratification, had the wrong motive in mind, and when I get to heaven, not have anything for it. That'd be, wouldn't that be terrible? Wouldn't that be an awful thing? Uh, and uh, I believe there's people that are, that are motivated by money or motivated. One preacher said some preachers have their tongue tied to their paycheck and they're afraid to say certain things, afraid that it might affect them. And, but, uh, uh, you know, a person that's called of God has a commission to preach all the counsel of God to preach the Bible. And Paul told Timothy, preach it, be in, instant in season, out of season. Preach it when they like it and preach it when they don't like it. And sometimes it, you know, I don't like it, but we have a responsibility to preach it. There are things I'm called on to preach. I'd rather preach on heaven, but you have to preach on hell too because you have the counterpart and we need all the counsel of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, do it all to God's glory. Do it as unto the Lord because we're really serving Him and everything we do affects our testimony. You know, uh, if, a person, uh, if a person does a, a poor job and a shabby job out in the place of a, uh, employment, then they try to witness Witness to, to their fellow man or their boss man, it's kind of hard to do, isn't it? Uh, because they don't have any confidence. But uh, if, if we do a good job and do it as unto the Lord, uh, then, uh, then the Lord says he's going to reward us. You shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Then there's a sixth thing, and that is by not ministering to the saints. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, that'd be at page 10, 10. Matthew 10 and verse 40. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. You know, that tells me that God takes note of the little things. Just like the fellows that bring this water up here. You notice I use it and never drink it. But the plant in the office, it drinks it. If I don't drink it, the plant drinks it. So it don't, doesn't go to waste. But it's there if I do need it. And and uh, as the Parkinson's worsens, I, I have I having a little more problems with my throat, especially early in the morning. Uh, so it's there. It's there if I need it. Whether I, I don't have to drink it for a reward to be given out, 
these fellows that carry it up here will be rewarded if I never drink it because the, the motive is right. And God takes note of the, of the little things. And I think of this scripture uh, often. Uh, you know, the Bible says he numbers the hairs of our head. Think of that. That God will be concerned enough about me to, to, to be, be concerned about that. That God's interested in the little things of life. The things that nobody else cares about or knows about, God knows about. And I'm glad for that. So, uh, by not ministering to the saints, he says, if we do it, God will take care. Now, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, he talks about the churches of Macedonia, the church at Jerusalem. Uh, you know, experienced uh, some, some needs and, and the other churches of Macedonia took it upon themselves to minister to those needs and how God provided and made it possible for them to do that. In the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10 and verse, verse number 34, Hebrews 10, 34 says, For ye had compassion of me and my bonds. That's page 1301 if you're finding it. Ye had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Well, you know, Paul was in prison, but he says they were willing to sacrifice uh, in order that the needs of the gospel uh, would be met. Uh, someone says you never give. Uh, who was it said this morning, give till it hurts? And I've heard other people say give till it quit, quit hurting and all kind of things have been said about that, I guess. But uh, a lot of us don't know a whole lot about sacrifice. And those, you ought to read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. As I made reference to, we'll not take the time to look at all those scriptures tonight. But uh, uh, the talks about sacrificial giving. And, and giving with the right spirit and the right motive. And, and God honors that. And God blesses that. And so, you know, a lot of times people, you know, uh, when, when tough times come, they, they cut the Lord out first. Well, he ought to be the one that's cut out last. You know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You put the Lord first. And what does he say? And all these things will be added unto you. The Lord said, if you put me first, I'll take care of the other things. You put me last, you're going to have problems. And I believe that. So uh, uh, we can lose that reward. Well, <clears throat> there's another, number seven. I've got one more after this and, and I'll be through. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but uh, kind of like the book of Philippians. One thing I like about that book, you know, Paul, this, you know, he must have been a Baptist preacher. He, he said, and finally, <laughs> and then he preached some more, and then he said, finally, <laughs> and preached some more. Uh, some one preacher said he just loved to close, you know, in closing. And he'd preach a while, and in closing, he'd preach some more, and <laughs> seemed like he never could close. But the seventh thing is not rejecting false teachers. You better be glad I'm not 25 anymore. This would be an hour and a half's message for sure. <laughs> uh, but not rejecting false teachers. I don't know where I'm getting old and feeble or forgetting, forgetting half of what I learned. You can lose your reward by not rejecting false teachers. Colossians 2.18, let no man beguile you of your reward and a voluntary humility and worship and of angels intruded into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Then in their text in 2 John here, verse 7 through 11, 
He talks about those that come with, uh, that are deceivers and a false message. Many deceivers who are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. Now those that come knocking on your door and tell you that Jesus is not God, that they fit into this category. Are those that bring a false message that is not true. And he said this can be connected with rewards. Verse 8, look to yourselves. We lose not those things which we have wrought, that, that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. How do you judge? You judge him by the word of God. Just like you judge me. If I preach something and, and the Bible says something else, you have a right to say, wait a minute. This is, this is what the Bible says. And the Bible's always right. I can be wrong. I'm not infallible. You know, the, some people are the Catholic people. They believe when the, uh, when the Pope speaks on spiritual matters that he's infallible. I don't believe that. And I'd tell him to his face if I had opportunity. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't, do not believe the scriptures support that. Uh, but, uh, and I don't believe he has that power and I don't believe I, I have it or anyone else has it. I believe any preacher can be wrong. But the Bible is never wrong. And so the Bible is the gauge. If the Bible says something and someone comes to your door and says something else, they're wrong. And the Bible's never wrong. And we ought to, what, what should we do? The Bible said, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not in your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Don't let him in your house. Don't give him any money. Don't say the Lord bless you. You know, why? Because it can affect your reward. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. You know, if you, if you give them a dollar and they go out spreading untruth and deceive people, you become a partaker with them. I don't want to do that. You know, what I invest in, what I put the Lord's money in, it's God's money already, but what I, I want to make sure it's, it, it stays with the scripture. If it's a missionary, if it's an organization, whatever, I want to make sure they're true to the Word of God. If they're not, I'm not going to support them. That's just very simple. Because the Bible teaches that you become a partaker. Well, reject false teachers that come to you and bring a false message or are spreading false messages to others. Uh, don't, don't support them and don't be a party to their doctrine. Uh, so uh, reject the false teachers. And then the final thing, number eight, we can lose our reward by not looking for Jesus to return. In the book of Mark chapter 13, Mark chapter 13, I think our, I think our life ought to be motivated by the soon coming of Christ. We ought to live our life with that in mind. Every decision we, ought, we make in life ought to be, uh, how should I make this decision in, in response to the fact that I, that, that I may not be here very long and that Jesus is coming back. And how is this going to affect me when he does come back? Mark 13, page 1064, verse 34. He gives an illustration. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh 
at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Let's come in suddenly, he finds you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. You know, some people have a, have a job as a watchman. And, uh, you know, they, they, don't, they have to go around and punch a clock every so many hours. And, and usually the plants, they're set up that, you know, that uh, they, they give you this uh, responsibility. You go to this place and, and they can tell if you're, if you're doing the job or if you're sleeping eight hours. But, uh, you know, to watch, to be, to live our life in, in expectancy of the coming of the Lord. And you know, it's easy to get our, our, our focus off of that. And this whole world system is designed to focus our attention on this world. And we have to continue to battle that. That we're, we're not here but for a, a little while. And you know, about the time, and this is, is seen, about the time that you, uh, you know, you get your house paid for and, and get your kids through school and, and, uh, and a few things, about the time you get, get those things done, it's time to leave, isn't it? About the time you get where you can live, it's time to go. So God's simply telling us, don't get tied down here. Make every decision in light of the coming of the Lord. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a house, shouldn't have a car, shouldn't have an education. I'm not saying any of that. Nothing wrong with that. But don't get tied to those things until, until we lose sight of eternity. Now in 2 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, we find a, a good illustration of how we ought to respond. That's page 1281. 1281, 2 Timothy 4. Paul's charged to the young preacher. This is one of the prison epistles written from prison. And basically, Paul's telling Timothy, you do the same thing I did to get me in prison. You say, that's not very good advice. You know, Timothy, do what I did and you'll end up in prison. Uh, aren't you to preach the word and so forth. And he said, I charge you a greater judge. You're going to have to meet a greater judge than the Roman authorities. And, uh, and then in the verse 5, but watch thine all things, endure afflictions, do the work of the evangelists, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered the time of my departure is at hand. For me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You know, Paul had the wonderful experience, according to chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, of, of going to heaven, and I believe the Lord sent him back. He went into paradise, he says, into the third heaven. And I believe after that experience that he, uh, he, he lost all interest as far as worldly things in this world when he saw what was waiting on him on the other side. And he says, there's a crown of righteousness awaiting for me. And he says, not for me only, but if for those that love his appearing. And you know, who are those that love his appearing? Those that are saved and those that have spent their life in the service of Christ and put God first in their life and they're going to have a reward when the Lord comes. Those are the ones that love his appearing. You know, it's when I was growing up, the worst words in the world 
I'm going to tell your dad when he gets home. Boy, I'll tell you, I didn't look forward to dad coming home when I'd gotten in some trouble. And, uh, but you know, if, if, I'd, if I'd behaved myself, done what I was supposed to do, it was a pleasant thing. And so I believe when we see the coming, when the Lord comes back, if we are saved and we're, we've, uh, we're where we ought to be with God, we've invested our energies and our life and all in the cause of Christ, it'll be worth it all. Well, again, we'll close with verse 8. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. We ought to want all God has for us. And we ought to make that effort to, to have that reward on the other side. Whatever time we ha may have left as far as physical life, we ought to determine I'm going to invest what I have in eternity. Let's bow our heads, please.